Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. It's the end of the day, and what a great podcast this is going to be. I love Day's End Podcast. Sacred Love um, is a book I wrote many years ago, but I want to use it today to explain the idea of reducing mind noise. To love without knowing how to love wounds the person we love. What an extraordinary statement that is. I'll say it again. To love, let's, let's, let's enlarge the quote, to love someone without knowing how to love someone wounds them. That is just so profound. The idea is so discomforting in the context of our cultural mythology, which continually suggests that love is something that happens to us passively and by chance, something we fall into, we fall into love, something that strikes us like an arrow, boom, Cupid's arrow. Rather, we think about uh, love as chance rather than a skill we attain. And a skill we attain through the same deliberate practice as any other pursuit of human excellence, like playing the guitar or becoming a great business person or being clever at your art, whatever your work is. Our failure to recognize this skillfulness aspect of love is perhaps the primary reason why love is so entwined with frustration. And frustration, as you will know from the inner wealth work, is comes from the word, the, uh, the Greek word frustra, and frustra represents evolution. So it would appear from what we're saying here that love in its current context in the Western world is the main driving force of evolution in our life. And yet, because that frustration turns to anger, bitterness, and breakdown, we're not taking the opportunity to use love for what it can be. I want to show you that love is not a sentiment which can be easily indulged in by just anybody, regardless of whether they're mature or business leaders or whatever it is. I want to convince you that all our attempts to love are bound to fail unless we try most actively to develop our personality, total human awareness, so as to achieve a productive orientation. What are we saying? Love is a learning experience. If we don't know how to learn from it, we will fall, fall into this group of people which are, who are continually and forever frustrated. I'm going to show you that satisfaction in individual love with one person cannot be attained without the capacity to love your neighbor. Now, I'm not talking about shag your neighbor. I'm not talking about wrapping your arms around everybody you ever meet. But you can't love one person and hate another. Love cannot be gained without true humility, courage, faith and discipline. In a culture in which these qualities are really rare, and I would say they're the rarest qualities of anybody in our Western world, the attainment and the capacity of love will rem remain for most people a unicorn. Most people see the problem of love primarily as that of being loved rather than that of loving. People see it as the problem of being loved rather than one's capacity to love. 
Hence, the problem to them is how do I be loved? How do I be lovable? And what an awful question that becomes. What a path that takes us down. What a journey. The only people who benefit are the therapists and those who write the book on how you can become more lovable. If two people have been strangers, <clears throat> as all of us are at some level, and they suddenly let the wall down between them, they feel close, they feel at one with each other. This moment of oneness is one of the most beautiful, exhilarating, exciting experiences in life. At the, at, in the copy of my book, which is at the end of the blog, um, that's, that contains this audio, at the end of that, in the copy of the book, the first chapter is all about this topic alone. The first chapter is about stillness, oneness with your partner. It is all the more wonderful and miraculous for people who've been lonely, shut off or isolated without love before they meet somebody. This miracle of sudden intimacy quite often comes after a period of sustained drought, sustained loneliness, and is often facilitated and combined with and initiated by sexual attraction and obviously a good shag, what they call consuming, consummation. However, this type of love is by its very nature not going to last. The two people become well acquainted. Their intimacy loses more and more of its miraculous character until their antagonism, their disappointments, their mutual boredom kill whatever is left of the initial excitement. Now, they will try all manner of things to break that boredom. They'll have children and say our marriage lasted 10 years when really it lasted two, but they've had children and distracted themselves in the meantime with what's called family. They start to work hard, become addicted to work. They become addicted to alcohol. Alcohol is one of the greatest ways a couple avoid being in intimacy. But to no avail, boredom just sticks around. In the beginning, they don't know all this. In fact, they take the intensity of their infatuation and remembering the universal law, infatuation breeds resentment. Infatuation is a one-sided feeling. They take this intensity of infatuation, uh, uh, being crazy about each other for proof of the intensity of their love. While infatuation at the beginning only proves the degree of their preceding loneliness and to which they will spend their life in that relationship fearing returning to. There is hardly any activity, any enterprise, which is started with so much tremendous hope and expectation and yet which fails so regularly as love. Second is a business. So actually, the ability to learn the art of love is also the ability to master the art of business. Let's keep going. The first step to take is to become aware that love is an art form, just as living is an art. 
If we want to learn how to love, we must proceed in the same way we have to proceed if we want to learn any other art, like playing the guitar, painting or carpentry or the art of medicine or even the art of engineering. We learn first the process of learning an art can be divided conveniently into two parts. One, the mastery of the theory. The other, the mastery of the practice. If I want to learn the art of medicine, I must first know the facts about the human body and about various diseases. And when I've done, got all that theoretical knowledge filled up in my head, I'm still by no means competent in the art of medicine, am I? I shall become a master in the art of medicine only after a great deal of practice until eventually the results of my theoretical knowledge and the results of my practical knowledge blend into one. It's called my intuition. For all this to happen, my noise must be reduced. But aside from learning the theory and practice, there's a third factor necessary to become a master of any art. The master of art must be a matter of ultimate concern. So if you want to be mastery in, as a leader, it must be your ultimate concern. If you want to be master in the art of love, it must be your ultimate concern. There must be nothing else in the world more important than the art. This holds true for music or medicine or carpentry and for love. Too often I see people chasing triathlons, chasing marathons, chasing um, sidelines, trying to master something when really the art that they, they would love to master, their, their work, their career, or whatever it is, or the art of love, sits idle. And they are hoping that mastering a triathlon or mastering a sport or mastering something over on the right-hand side of the page fixes a problem over on the left. And maybe here lies the answer to the question of why people in our culture try so rarely to learn the art of love in spite of their obvious and our obvious failures. In spite of the deep-seated craving for love, almost everything else is considered to be more important than love. Family, success, relatives, prestige, money, power, almost all our energy is used for the learning of how to achieve these aims and almost none to learn the art of loving. And most of those aims we aim to achieve, we spend our energy on, do not provide the fulfillment or resolve the frustration that drives us to our grave. So in my book, Sacred Love, I attempt to teach the art of love, something I have spent my entire life secretly and personally focused on above everything else. This is not a book for academics or for those looking to go to uh, arouse sexual combat with another human being. It is a book about love and all of life, including love of self. The most important takeaway is the last chapter. Love is a lifestyle. So you go to the blog, innerwealth.com or chriswalker.au, You'll find it there or the blog site, um, walkinspired.com, whichever you are familiar with. 
and you'll find it. The book is downloadable in a PDF form. And I strongly encourage you to consider reading through the book a couple of times. The first to get